Hey everybody, welcome on in to Cougars Daily. My name is Jay Catcher. I'm your host right here on the podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. A little bit later tonight, but of course it is the first day of fall camp for BYU. So thank you so much for tuning in, taking the time to download us, to give us a listen. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, lots going on with BYU fall camp day one. We'll keep you updated on, well, we're going to get you updated on, keep you updated. We're going to get you updated. We'll also keep you updated throughout fall camp, but lots going on here at BYU. I am actually still on the campus of BYU recording this for you. Uh, so let's start off real quick. Uh, day one, Kalani Sitake, he, he thought it was a good day overall, but he said he he's glad there are more days to go, which is typical. It's the first day. There's going to be plenty of sloppiness going on. There's a lot to kind of iron out when it comes to the different players going back and forth. Plays of the day, um, I thought, well, it's a couple that I observed Micah, during the media portion. Micah Simon had a great touchdown catch, a ball that was perfectly thrown, uh, tight spiral. Zach Wilson, the freshman quarterback, he had a good day, I thought, all in all, but he threw it to Micah Simon. Simon goes up, grabs the ball, and you're like, okay, he secured it for a touchdown, but he bobbles it on the way down and kept bobbling it through the end zone, but he secured it just before he went out of bounds, so he gets a 40-yard touchdown there. Another big touchdown um, for Nil Pau, who had another another touchdown in the end zone, jumped up over to the defender to secure it. According to some guys I was talking to who were at practice for the entirety of the practice, that actually happened, they said it in their, what they thought was three or four times, so it wasn't just a one-time thing for Nil Pau. They said that he has looked really good this summer, and especially when it came to the first day of practice, so take that for what it's worth. Defensively, uh, a couple good plays as well. Sawyer Powell had a nice interception on a seam route. Uh, freshman quarterback Jaron Hall, the return missionary, he thought he could thread it up the seam. Sawyer Powell just kind of jumped in front of the, the offensive player and picked it off. It was a great interception. Uh, a guy that I thought had a really good day was Michael Shelton. He's a, he's an undersized cornerback. They list him at 5'8". He's a pure cover guy, though, and he has some good defense. Uh, Dylan Colley gave him props on a deep ball that uh, Shelton was stride for stride with Colley. Used a nice little arm bar to keep Colley from having a chance to go up and get the pass. Um, he actually celebrated. He ran into the sand pit that they have right next to the practice fields at the student athlete building. So fun times. There's a lot of energy with this cra- with this crowd with the BYU football team. Um, Zane Anderson, you'll hear here in a minute. Talk a little bit about the mentality um, in terms of trying to rebound from 2017, which he termed as a quote sorrowful unquote season last year. They went four and nine. I think some BYU fans, most of you listening, probably would agree it was a little bit sorrowful in many aspects. So we'll get to some of that in a minute here. I want to talk a little bit more about some of the things that I highlighted that I saw. Um, Matt Bushman, he has been a stalwart when it comes to practicing. Guy doesn't drop passes in practice in game unless something really crazy happens. Well, today we saw a flat-out drop from him. Um, he was on a seam route right up, the middle of the, right up the middle of the field. Tanner Mangum was a quarterback, lofted it to him. He was wide open, all alone, not even a defender around him. Um, and he uncharacteristically drops the ball after practice. He talked to the media, and here's his explanation of why he dropped the ball. Tanner's really a perfect ball. Just one of those times when it go, it's even slow motion. You know you're going to score. You take your eyes off, look towards the end zone, and it bounces off your hands. So it's nice to get that one out of the way. Um, but, yeah, I just need to catch those. Obviously, I'm going to be working with Tanner and the other quarterback, so that doesn't happen again. 
There you go. That's Matt Bushman talking about his his drop. Hey, he, the kid. Everybody's entitled to have him make a mistake here and there, and you can tell that he is not very happy with himself for that drop. I know Tanner Mangum probably wasn't very happy with him either, but he's looking to make re- redemption for it. So we'll see what happens when it comes to getting that redemption. I'm sure he's going to go on another crazy streak. I believe Mitch Harper, a good friend of mine, uh, tweeted out that he, he uh, in his comments, to, Matt Bushman's comments to Mitch that he had not had a drop since 2017 sometime so over a year man that's a long time to go without a drop so yeah i guess you're entitled to one a year that's uh, that that'll work for matt bushman a couple other things that noticed today uh no tavita munga dressed up on the field wayne tay kirby a guy that we wondered if he would be playing this this fall also in street clothes on the sidelines but both listed on the roster so they both probably working through some things before they can take the field kavika fanua i saw walking through the sab so he is out for whatever reason. I didn't see necessarily him having any medical issues or any injuries, but he was not on the field. Um, and then also uh, Bo Hodge, of course, was kind of the story of the day, I guess, at running back. He is now listed as a quarterback slash running back on the roster. He played a lot during the media portion of practice at that running back position. Of course, his father, Merrill Hodge, is a, is a stalwart running back in the NFL, also at Idaho State. So he's got the genes to do it. Um, he told reporters after practice he hadn't played running back as a primary position since fifth grade. He was mainly a wide receiver, played some quarterback in high school. His senior year was the starting quarterback for his uh, team down there in Kentucky. Uh, he to be what he was a quarterback. Uh, there's, I don't think that it's officially that he's going to stay at running back full time, but the coaches seem to really like him. Kalani Satake was really pleased with what he saw um, from from Hodge. So we'll see what happens. I, I thought he looked pretty good. He looked pretty fluid. He's a great athlete. There's no doubting that. I wondered if he might end up in the defensive secondary as a safety or something, but he is now playing running back, and we'll see what happens there. A couple of the guys that have those um, designations of different positions are two defensive players. Matt Hadley, he has um, flirted with moving to running back in the past. He got the medical red shirt, a medical hardship waiver this past offseason to get his sixth year of eligibility back, and he is listed as a running back slash linebacker. So I guess his primary position is running back. I don't know. But he was out there. And also Tanner Jacobson, who got a lot of time at safety last year, was considered one of the favorites to start at safety with the departure of some of the guys last season. Well, he is now listed as a DB slash running back. Uh, So we'll see what happens with those two if they stick on offense or if they move back over to defense. If I had to put my money on it, I would I would guess that Hadley um, stays at linebacker and uh, Jacobson ends up staying at safety. But you never know what happens. I think Bo Hodge, based on one day, there's no pads. Let's, let's get that out of the way. No pads, just in helmets, shorts, helmets, uh, jerseys. He looked good. He looked fluid running. So. If uh, out of the three, if I had to put my money on one of them staying at running back, it is going to be Bo Hodge, but we shall see what happens with that because we still have 29 days of this to go. So don't get your hopes up if you're really looking at things. Um, a couple other things for you. Trey Dye, the senior wide receiver. He's also played some running back in his career at BYU. His career is officially done. He's a medical retirement. Uh, he is going to be a student assistant this uh, season for Kalani Satake and the BYU football program. Um, kind of a, a tough ending to a career that had its ups and its downs. A lot of injuries for Trey Dye. Of course, the son of B- former BYU star returner uh, James Dye. 
had a lot of expectations coming in from Abilene, um, Texas, but it just never could stay healthy and had a tough uh, season last year. It sounds like some medical issues might have cropped up over the off season as well. So he is officially done with his career for BYU, but will be an assistant with the program. So best of luck to him, and uh, hopefully he's able to impart some wisdom on some of the other wide receivers. He can also work with the running backs. He's got plenty of knowledge at those two positions. So best of luck to Trey Dye as he moves forward. All right, um, and then, of course, everybody wants to know, with this quarterback battle going on, we saw six guys in quarterback jerseys out there, everyone from Baylor Romney to Tanner Mangum, uh, from Joe Critchlow to Jaron Hall. Everybody was out there. Six quarterbacks participating. Everybody wants to know who's the starting quarterback. Uh, one of the coaches after practice joked, hey, he was talking to Kalani, and some of the media was standing around, and uh, joke joke was that, hey, Kalani, we should just name a starting quarterback every day. Just to mess mess with people, I, I thought that was pretty pretty funny that you could name. Okay, today's starter, we're gonna go with Jaron Hall. Uh, a couple days later, let's go Tanner Mangum. It just uh, it was kind of a funny funny little bit. I, I I appreciate the candor from the coaches. They they kind of understand how the media works, uh, how you fans want to under want to know who the starting quarterback is, and th- they get it. But Kalani Satake was asked about it uh, by Dana Green from ABC Four here in Utah about how soon he wants to name a quarterback. So here was his response. Is there a timetable to name the starting quarterback within the first couple weeks of camp? As soon as possible, yeah. That's that's what we want to get done. There you go. That's Kalani Satake. wants to name it as soon as possible. I know that in the past that um, passing game coordinator Aaron Roderick and offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes have said they would like to identify maybe a two-man race two weeks in. I think that's even going to be even quicker. I think they want to name the guy, uh, they name the guy or identify the guy, maybe not name him because they want to play some gamesmanship with Arizona as the season opener. Uh, they'll probably identify the starter two weeks in is what it sounds like, and they want to really lock things down. And I, I can understand that. They want to make sure that their guys are ready to go, that they make sure that they are that they um, are comfortable, that they know the offense in and out, and they can make calls if they need to in terms of audibles on the field. I think this is going to be an offense going to be interesting. It's got a lot of multiple sets. We saw some reverses. We saw a lot of motion. Uh, we saw guys under center. We saw quarterbacks in the shotgun position. Uh, we saw running backs in different setups on the field. I think Jeff Grimes is really going to mix things up here, and it's going to be a multiple-set offense, and it's going to take advantage of whatever the defense is going to give him. And, of course, that's the cliche that you always hear. Don't get me wrong. That's what you always hear from people. Well, we're going to take what the defense gives us. Okay, we get that, but that's the name of the game. You Defense shows something, you you switch to something else. It's it's, it's, it's all about advantages. You just got to find an advantage and exploit it. So there you go. That's a couple of things there. A um, couple other things for you. I mentioned earlier on in the podcast here, uh, talk about Zane Anderson. Um, he had some comments about the mentality of the team as they tried to rebound from that 4-9 and nine season in 2017. So we're going to take a break here. We'll come back on the other side, talk about that. I have a couple other... Uh, notes a couple of walk-ons have been awarded scholarships that we need to note as well so zane anderson and a couple of the notes before we wrap things up here right here on coogs daily And we're back. Thanks so much for tuning in right here on the podcast. My name is Jay Catch. Uh, you got questions for the podcast? You want to reach out to me, get some thoughts from me? Hit me up on Twitter at Jacob C. Hatch, or you also can go to the show Twitter feed at Coogs Daily, C O U G S D A I L Y, and mine is J A C O B C 
H-A-T-C-H. Hit us up on Twitter. Um, if you want to email the show, you can do that. That's cougsdaily at gmail.com. Uh, you can let me know if you have questions, concerns, suggestions, uh, food recommendations. I love food recommendations. I am a... I don't really consider myself a foodie. I just like to eat food. Um, if you've seen me, my, my my portly figure, yeah, absolutely. That's I love my food. I love eating food. So uh, enough about me. Anyways, back to back to some of the stuff going on at BYU. First day of fall camp in the books. A lot going on. A lot of energy. A lot of chihus. As you hear from a bunch of the Polynesian players when they celebrate. A lot of energy around this football program. They want to get back to winning ways. I had a chance to ask a senior senior linebacker now. He's used to be a safety Zane Anderson he's stepping into the role that Fred Warner vacated when he was drafted by the San Francisco 49ers in the NFL draft playing that flash linebacker position kind of a hybrid linebacker uh, defensive back position Zane Anderson I think is going to fill that role pretty well he's got the ability to cover and he's he's plenty fast enough to to do everything he needs to it'll be interesting to see if he's able to set the edge in terms of run support that'll kind of be the the big question mark for him when he has to take on some of these offensive linemen and tight ends a little more frequently than he probably had to do when he was playing safety. But I had a chance to ask him, hey, what's the mentality of this team? Uh, what is the, what, what's the vibe around the program? And here's what he had to say. It's good. I feel like there's so much energy right now for this program. Um, coming off that season, um, you hear everyone to ask about it. How's it coming off 4-9? Everyone's asking about it, but uh, more accepting for what it is and putting it behind us, though. Um, this is a new season. We've got game one against Arizona. So, um, you know, it's tough coming off that, but, I mean, we got to put it behind us and uh, look forward to the future. So it's not really like a redemption tour type of a feel? I mean, it is because how sorrowful last year was. But, I mean, we really need to step it up this year, and I feel like we're taking that right approach right now for fall camp. There you go. Zane Anderson called 2017 a, quote, sorrowful season. Um, and I, I I get that sentiment, but he says that the team is kind of left in the past. They're looking forward. They want to rebound. They want to prove that they are they're capable of being the the team that they believe they can be. And hey, it's it's a reason for optimism. Games haven't been played yet. You have a month of training camp here, so hey, have all the optimism you want. So best of luck to BYU, and hopefully that mentality prevails throughout fall camp and prevails through the season. Because I felt like late last season there was not a lot of happy campers, and for good reason. When you're not winning games, it seems like the offense is inept. You have the media, the fans, family, everybody bugging you, asking what's going on. Well, it's tough to deal with. So there you go. That's uh, Zane Anderson talking about the mentality of this team, and we shall see what happens there. Uh, a couple of things I mentioned before the break. A couple of walk-ons have been awarded scholarships. This comes via Jay Drew on Twitter, I saw. Uh, fullback Braden Elbakri, he's a senior. He's been a walk-on for quite a while. He has been awarded a scholarship, as well as sophomore quarterback Joe Chris. Richlow, who was on scholarship last year, it was a big mystery. Is he on scholarship when he when he signed with BYU? He was on an academic scholarship, so a lot going on that way um, in terms of the in terms of the, the mystery around it. But it is no longer he was on an academic scholarship in 2017. He is now on a football scholarship, which has a lot more perks, I'm sure, and gets him plenty of gear and the food and all the different things you have to deal with as a student athlete. So congratulations to those two players. 
All right. So, yeah, that's that's all I got for you from day one of BYU Fall Camp. We'll be back out here for day two tomorrow. Uh, a lot going on that way. We'll keep you updated with post-practice interviews. I did a write-up of the day's events on 1280thezone.com. You can find full interviews with Kalani Satake and players there at 1280thezone.com. You also can go to the SoundCloud page. Also, a 1280 sports feed on any of your podcatchers. You can get the interviews there as well. Um, let me know. I, I wonder if, if you, do you guys want to hear long form um, interviews with uh, players and coaches? I can play the full media sessions on these podcasts. If you do, hit me up. Let me know. I kind of prefer to kind of pick and choose different cuts and clips and just kind of insert them as need be. But let me know if you have any if you have any thoughts on that. All right, we'll take a, a penultimate timeout here on Coogs Daily. We'll come back. We'll kind of um, we got a couple of quick hits for you in terms of the other sports and news and notes from BYU. So that's all coming up right here on Cougs Daily. back right here on Coop's Daily. Thanks so much for tuning in tonight. Uh, shorter podcast, but a couple of quick hits for you here. Uh, it was announced a couple days ago. It was actually came out via the other school that is involved in this game, but the 2020 schedule for BYU looks like it is set. Uh, North Alabama, an FCS program, will be coming to Provo in 2020 as the 12th and final game on BYU's schedule for that season. The season's coming up for BYU. The home schedule looks stellar, but man, is it some stiff competition? USC is on those uh, is on that schedule. Washington's on that schedule. A lot going on when it comes to the BYU uh, schedule. So we'll keep you updated on that as things kind of get closer. Of course, you have to go through the 2018 season before you get to 2019, and there's plenty to deal with in this 2018 season. But a lot going on that way. Uh, BYU 50 rolls on. I know st- uh, different states each day. If you go to BYU BYU's uh, Twitter feeds, various um, Twitter feeds, they'll keep you updated on where to where BYU 50 is at each day. Uh, that's some of the swag in the, in that in that they got the Nike stuff that they got hooked up with is absolutely phenomenal. So if you have a chance to to. Get one of those things. Get the get the loot, I guess, as you as you call it. That should, that would be actually be a lot of fun to um, get some of that because those shoes in particular. I'm a big fan. I'm a, I'm not. A, I don't. Okay, I don't proclaim myself to be a shoe guy, but I do like shoes, and I think they are quite quite. Uh, quite the good looking pair of shoes the Air Force Ones I believe is what they are and they might be something else but uh, that shows how much I actually know about shoes but I just think they look good and if you have a chance to win it hey check it out BYU 50 is a great promotion that's been going on for a few years now and having Nike more directly involved in it is a win for BYU fans alright that's it uh, we'll be back tomorrow Cougs Daily back at it we'll be recapping day two for you what we see at practice as the media like I said go to 1280thezone.com for my written reports also interviews full audio there at 1280thezone.com if you want me to play these long form interviews I'm happy to maybe shorten them a little bit or something put them on the podcast let me know it's something we can do I just figure that you guys would like me to more kind of uh, have narrative and have uh, players and coaches kind of answer questions that have come up. So let me know what you think. Let me know. Um, at Jacob C. Hatch on Twitter. Also at Coogs Daily for the show Twitter feed. Uh, you can email the show at CoogsDaily at gmail.com. You also can email me at jhatch77 at gmail.com or jake.hatch at 1280thezone.com. You can hit me up multiple ways. Uh, I'm not giving out my phone number. I have too many people text me. Already. So no phone numbers, but 
but yeah you can hit me up on those various social media channels and also via email thanks so much for tuning in once again this has been Coogs Daily for August 2nd wrapping up day one of BYU Fall Camp see you tomorrow